Hey, everybody. Fantastic episode of the morning show today. We discuss the carnage that is happening in the crypto markets right now. You know, what's going on with Genesis Lending, whether they will be declaring bankruptcy, what the contagion effect of that could have on the rest of the crypto markets and everything in between. We also talk about new project Cellmates Crime Reports, which is a top three volume collection on OpenSea right now. Kicks bought in on the thesis that they had a good website, did no other research besides that. There's also some banter about the World Cup. There's also some discussion about the state of affairs on Solana and what is going on there. Overall, fantastic episode brought to you by our sponsor, SoRare, who sponsor all of our content. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash SoRare. If you like fantasy sports and NFT, SoRare is the platform for you. Rolling out a World Cup tournament, so that'll be a lot of fun if you're into international football, you know, American soccer and the World Cup. SoRare is all over it, so check out the nifty.com slash SoRare. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, November 22nd. The town is on fire. There is carnage everywhere in the crypto markets, but we are here as we always are. This is the NFT Morning Show. We run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we discuss all things NFT, Web3, and crypto markets. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, Signal the author of the Nifty Daily Digest, one of the most analytical and sophisticated market participants that I know, NFT God. Speaking of newsletters, he's the author of the NFT God newsletter. He's blowing up. Looks like he's flipped me in followers. Shout out to NFT God. That's what I'm talking about. Easy Eats Bodega, the Solana celebrity, uh, the creator of an NFT PFP collection hitting a blockchain near you and the host of GMGM NFTs and NFTs made easy. Maybe it's Web3 made easy. He's keeping you on your toes, changing the titles on you. Spencer of Spencer Ventures. His URL, you, you like domain names. His URL is spencer.vc. Game over. Uh, that's that's You can't beat that one. Uh, representing for institutional capital on the show. We love having him on. Node, the host of Node Mode, the art-focused podcast that happens once a week on our network. Did a dope one yesterday with Thank You X. Look at that moonbird. Node is a disciple of DC Investor and is making moves uh, like an absolute boss through this bear market. And of course, last but not least, the one and only King Kicks, one of my partners in crime, uh, the CEO of Crypto Raiders, an absolute badass. Can't wait to hear what he thinks of what's going on. I just realized, because I see these car keys on my desk, that I forgot to return the rental car that I was supposed to return yesterday. So my day is off to a good ch- uh, start. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You got to respond to my text messages. I'm out here texting you love letters and, uh, and I'm getting no response. It's quite lonely on, uh, on this side of the pond, you know? Love is blind. Um, uh, what's, what's that? Love is blind. According to that TV show, which I uh, binged watched uh, a significant amount of, let me tell you, um, it, it, I don't know where I fall on this uh, show, but uh, I did watch it. Um, in terms yeah! of... <laughs> You you really enthusiastic about that show, Kicks? I, I yeah, I've seen the whole thing. Really, actually? Yeah, the one where like they don't get to see each other. They're like yeah, they're, like, over the phone for like three weeks, and then they like get married four weeks after that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, like the guy that's on Adderall all the time. Or looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering about him actually. That was so. I went. I saw season three. Uh, because a friend was like, oh, "I'm gonna watch uh, Love Is Blind." I'm like, "Is it any good?" 
And then apparently I had seen the first season. So then I went back to season two and I saw the Adderall guy that you were talking about. Lots of controversy surrounding that guy like uh, online. But anyways, it it was entertaining to watch. Uh, In terms of, uh, well, I'm curious to see, uh, there's a number of other stories that I was watching. Um, The one that just popped up for me, but I kind of want to wait on this until after uh, the uh, weather report. But one that just popped up was uh, a, a Sandbox is launching another land sale. This time with Playboy, Tony Hawk, and Snoop Dogg. I, weren't they done selling land? I, like, what, when are they done? You can never have enough land, Nick. Well, where are you going to live if you don't sell land? I just don't understand what, what the hell is going on. Like, I think they certain- saw section, sections on the map left. What's that? I think they still have some sections on the map left. What a great time to sell it right now. Obviously. <laughs> the best time to sell it. Um, easy, you have your hand raised. What's going on, man? Yeah, so two things, actually. Uh, Nick, not responding to text messages. You're a professional at that. It's probably your full-time job. The other thing, I also got to call this out. You you did a couple victory laps yesterday talking about your fantasy Okay, we're going to move on to NFT-related so, news today. It is, because shout out to sponsor SoRare, allowing for fantasy sports. It's great. But back into the <laughs> fantasy conversation, you uh, did a couple victory laps, and I just want to ask you politely, who won this week between us? Shout out George Kittle last night. Uh, I used that. I had him on my fantasy team last year, so great guy. Uh, don't have him this year. Uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't checked the final score. I'm going to be honest there, Easy. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't really checked. So, Nick, Nick, you can have a. You, you can have another victory lap because the U.S. they drew against Wales yesterday in IRL World Cup. So well done to Wales and shout out to England six two against Iran. So oh six two. Me and Nick six, are both two. six five. So that's a perfect record. I won 147.39 and look another six to 146.81. So the, this was, it, it was a close game between easy and me. So I don't, I don't even want to get into it. Uh, you know, I would have been in second place in the Stam league, but uh, here I am tied with literally everybody for third. So very excited about that. Wales. Uh, I remember our guy, Sam Penny told me that he's Welsh. Uh, so does that mean that the U S has an easy out for that first game? Because I saw Sam and I was yeah. like, I don't really know if he's going to be an elite athlete, you know? No, I mean, Just Wales, they're not the like, okay. Well, you know, we love the Welsh, but like in terms of football, they're not Brazil. You know, I'm not, I'm not making <laughs> yeah. any opinions there. That is probably fact. They'll probably go on to win the world cup now. It's- but the point is USA has gone through and I just hope England is going to play the US that would be amazing uh, and yesterday I even missed the match because the show was on and it was like 6-2 there's nothing I can do but today right. we've got some good matches Argentina is playing Mexico is playing France is playing uh, they're the big didn't ones didn't Argentina today. already play yeah, yeah they lost the Saudi Arabia oh yeah sorry they lost they lost you're right you're right they yeah. lost they, holy cow and Argentina has uh, who's it Lionel Messi yes Lionel Messi I didn't say Melianal. Yeah, Thank you for that. He's really good. Okay, <sighs> C- come on now. Um, the uh, in terms of uh, additionally, yeah, the Wales one. I saw the first goal, and then wh- whatever you know, wh- you know, the Welsh have needed some support for a long time. A lot of people forgot about who the hell they were. So you know, shout out to them. Um, Christian Bale's Welsh. <laughs> Fun <Garrett>. facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying he's like he's pretty cool. Like he's a successful guy. <laughs> yeah, Catherine, Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones is Welsh. 
There yeah, you go. she's hot. There you go. Yeah, Look there at you that. Go. Those those fruit snacks are Welsh. <laughs> oh yeah, the Welsh gummies. Good call. Uh, Very nice. Um, I just want to point out on the Argentina game um, that was like the best play of the day yesterday. Uh, if you bet on Saudi Arabia, that's like you could have 23x for mint uh, of a bet. What uh, game? Yeah, like the game. If you bet on Saudi Arabia, you would have 23x for mint price. Literally just to bet for Saudi Arabia to win. Yeah, it was it was plus 2300. It went to like plus 3300 after Argentina scored their first goal. It was pretty nuts. Um, it's like 6.15 a.m. and I'm watching Tunisia versus Denmark. And I have 99 cents, which is like 0.1 soul right now riding on <laughs> Tunisia. So, uh, you know, wish me luck, guys. I know but, you haven't slept a single Tunisia, bit either. Tunisia, they are savage. When it comes to like the, um, uh, what's it called? The African World Cup, they are savage. So you know what? You might just 23x that $1. So good luck, oh, friends. Oh, no, it's not even 23. It's just plus 400. I think the bookies lost so much money on, on Saudi Arabia winning. They adjusted the line. So, um, yeah, I found my old Bavada account. I had 99 cents left on it. So we're riding, guys. This is not financial advice, but uh, you know, swinging this money line right now, it's looking it's looking pretty bearish. But I think we might we might get a hit on this. I might make 0.4 soul. Let's fucking go. I was gonna say uh, we should just switch this show because uh, no one gives a shit about NFTs anymore. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that maybe we should just switch this show to like World Cup gambling, and that'll get us through. How long is the World Cup for? Like a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks, I, I really four think weeks. it's more plus EV just betting on some random fucking countries and <laughs> then minting new projects right hey, now. So. Frank, I'm switching the title of this show real quick, Pia, to World Cup. <laughs> Go ahead, Kex. Uh, Frank, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, dude, I bet if I put a thousand bucks into sports betting, like I'd probably do better than if I bought NFTs right now. Cause like, even if you suck, you still probably like win 40% of the time, you know, it's like a slower bleed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got Frank on stage, founder of D Gods and Utes. Very known Solana projects. Might not be Solana projects anymore, though. Uh, Frank, are you by any chance? Uh, are, I got to ask you, are you going to be at our Basel? Yes, sir. All right. There. Hey, Frank, uh, respond to your DMs. So, <laughs> so that'd be cool. Uh, um, fr Frank, I DM'd you. We want to get you for an in-person interview at our Basel. I also saw oh, you. Oh, let's fucking go, baby. I'm so down. That sound you guys are the best, so that would be really fun. We can uh, uh, roast each other the whole time. It would be really fun. There's What's a little that? bit of a gimmick component of it, which we have not revealed yet. We, Our editor, we got an editor, and so the video has not been published. But let's just say P.O. and I enjoyed a romantic evening on Sunday, and that was part of the new format. So uh, just get ready for romance and, uh, uh, I don't know, bring some, like, maybe sim swim trunks or something. That's why you're watching Love is Blind. It's all coming <laughs> together now. Uh, Frank, we think that this format will do numbers, but you got to have an open mind, buddy. You got to have an open oh, mind. I'm, I'm super down. You know, when I think romance, I tend to think of the NSC morning show, and so um, this is going to be really exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Um, cool. Yeah. Hey, tell tell K Money to answer his DMs too while you're at it. Then, um, <laughs> well, uh, look, we should get into the show. I mean, we got I got Frank. a question for you, Pia. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and real quick, uh, the title will be switched to World Cup uh, World Shocking World Cup Genesis Dead is the new title of this show. <laughs> so get, get excited for that one. The, which is actually it's a question mark for the Genesis part. W what happened to that? You know, like yesterday, everyone was like. 
a Genesis is going to file for bankruptcy. They're like, we're not filing for bankruptcy. They're like, they well, short, they're then they went long to make up for their losses. So now they're like perfectly good. I guess withdrawals are going to be re-enabled in a, like 48 hours. Is that where we're at? <laughs> I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> they, they made it all back in one trade for real. Huh? That was it. 100x leverage short. Let let the news leak. Then 100x they just leverage bet on long. Saudi Arabia, bro. Easy money, dude. That, that must be what it is. <laughs> they can't take leverage because they're the ones who give leverage. The, 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 Spencer, they'll take is it that from a themselves. Yeah, is that a challenge? <laughs> Um, I'm excited to hear what Spencer thinks of that whole situation. I mean, I tweeted about it yesterday because literally I sent Easy a tweet that, and I know Easy's been watching this like a hawk. The tweet was like definitively Genesis bankruptcy incoming. And with like literally 10 seconds goes by and Easy just fires back a tweet that's definitively Genesis will not be filing for bankruptcy. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I, like, what is happening here? Are they filing? Are they not? Is the thing going to blow up? Is it not? I think it's just probably going to blow up. I mean, Easy, you've been watching it like a hawk. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, dude, I have no idea. Like, it is so chaotic because yesterday they were like, yeah, Binance might invest. And then Binance was like, we're not giving them any money. And then they were like, all right, fuck it. We're going to cut the raise from a billion down to 500 million. And everyone's like, that's that's probably not the right thing to do, but okay. And uh, now it's just like completely up in the air. We have zero idea if they're going to or if they're not. Um, and it seems like even they don't know. Because we've seen conflicting reports, supposedly internally. So who knows what'll happen? Uh, I'll just keep saying it. How much worse can it get? And how much probably worse? Can announce can it? It. Yeah, like get that's that it. Worse. We need Nick and Pio to fly down to the Genesis HQ and do some <laughs> recording. Luckily for them, it's in New York. It's in New York, actually. <laughs> we got a helicopter there. Pio, why didn't we actually do this, dude? I'm about to go bike over there today. We're gonna. Pio's not in New York anymore, but I'm be like. I'm standing here in front of Genesis. We're about to get into, we're about to investigate the situation. And then I'm going to walk into the building. And they're going to be like, you can't just walk up there. And uh, I'm going to be like, all right, well, we, we got close. That, well, uh, you guys so fly your drone up to the windows of their level of the building and just see if they're like, you know, shredding paper in there. If that's a thing anymore. I don't know if that's more of a 90s thing or if that's a modern day bankruptcy. <laughs> Legit? Yo, Genesis, I'm coming for you later today. Watch your back. Yo, your boy Nifty Nick is. The, I said I called it out over a week ago. I was flying down to the Bahamas, and when Pio and I went down hunting, yeah, we're doing it again this time, Pio remotely, and uh, he's gonna be googling addresses and stuff. But watch your back. I'm coming outside your office, uh, and I'm actually gonna maybe we interview people in front that, as they walk in and out of the building. Excuse me. Do you work at Genesis? No. Okay. Thank you. Do, do you work at Genesis? No. Okay. I like it. Grab Marcello. He'll shoot it. Uh, you're giving me FOMO about spending time with family for Thanksgiving. What a jackass. Uh, what a, you were gonna what say a Scrooge. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> uh, no, do you have your hand raised? Then we'll get into the weather report and get this show on the road. I also want to hear from Frank about uh, this whole Solana versus Ethereum thing and the way he's thinking about it. Uh, but Node, what's going on? Then we'll throw the signal for the weather report. Yeah, I was uh, reading this tweet by DGen Spartan, who, if you guys aren't following, he's a must-follow. Uh, we should all be following this this guy, aside from the questionable uh, anime pictures he tends to post every once in a while. Uh, however, there is there's some people that have kind of gone over the the whole Genesis thing and and the grayscale. And there's like, if if I'm reading the the tweets right, there's like a scenario where they're better off. Uh, kind of winding everything down and just market dumping all of their BTC, and they would end up with more than 500 million. 
Uh, and then they would all, that would also enable them to be able to, uh, like just start fresh again next cycle. Um, whereas if they were to sell to somebody else and get the, the large investment, it, it kind of hamstrings them and they end up with less money. So that would be a less than ideal, uh, scenario market dumping. I think they said it was like 600,000 BTC. Um, so something to look forward to in terms of the, the fudometer that's out there. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, a lot of times Twitter exaggerates the level of concern. Um, we kind of act like the sky is falling, so we'll see what happens. But then again, the sky kind of is falling right now. Um, why don't we rock the weather report? Is it Kix's day today? It's me. Got the co-anchor. Beautiful. Tuesday, Perfect. the 22nd of November. GMGM, GM, everyone. Let's go on to look at what's happening in the markets. On to volume. OpenSea is at just shy of 7 million. So we're back out of that dreaded 5 million range. Blur is at 2 million. On to leaders. Not much change over the past 24 hours. All the action was on the weekend. And overnight, what's been going on? Well, Yuga, we've seen very high uh, volume on Yuga assets. They are leading OpenSea ranks. As ETH has gone down, down. We're seeing apes continuing to range sort of between this 58 to 61. Mutants doing the same, just keeps holding that 11 ETH range, while Other Deed now is sitting very comfortably back in the 1.2 ETH range. It's just trying to go against Easy's prediction. We'll see if it goes back down. Yesterday, the big mint was Cellmates uh, by Macbeth. This project was hyped due to the fact that he's an established artist and a brand builder. He's worked with, with Yuga, obviously with Nike, with Clash of Clans. The team has built a great website for this drop, uh, decent merch, and there is a burn reveal box mechanic coming up. So we know what that means. The market was all over this one and the floor already uh, is around 0.56. So that is up from the high mint price of 0.35. So very well done to the team there for selling out. The DGen mint yesterday was Bored Ape Ute Club. Um, this is a derivative play of apes and utes. The project saw very high secondary volume, but that floor price hasn't been able to break 0.02. And lastly, Vinnie Hager sold out his Instagram drop in under about one second. It looks like the bots are over on Instagram as well. The mint was $250 and it's already trading at 0.4 ETH. On to crypto, um, BTC is holding around 16K, ETH in 1,130 and Sol at 11.7. So we're seeing that Krypton contagion continuing to spook the market. Investor confidence is down as we see the fallout from FTX, plus the bankruptcy filings, plus the DCG uh, potentially facing liquidity issues, all contributing to the sort of gloomy outlook happening in crypto right now. So overall, even though we are out of the low volume range we had on uh, during the weekend, midweek, it's going to be quiet. And I imagine going into Thanksgiving weekend, it, uh, after Valhalla will probably stay a little bit quiet uh, on the volume. So with crypto in a red, cont contagion risk everywhere, that 24-hour forecast isn't looking so great. It's going to be heavy downpours of showers throughout the day and into, and into the night. So it's back to you folks. Fantastic weather report, Sig. Uh, <laughs> tough times, but some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the daily newsletter written by Signal. Uh, the parents of former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried purchased 19 Bahamas properties worth $121 million in the past two years. Would you look at that? Um, you know, more of what 
Signal talked about crypto lender Genesis warns that bankruptcy will come without new funding after Binance turned down its request for investment. The platform sounds like needs a $1 billion emergency fund by this week. I believe Wednesday, they said, was the deadline. The deadline keeps getting pushed back, by the way. Uh, Gemini said that it's working with Genesis and DCG, Digital Currency Group, to find a solution to allow users to redeem their funds from the crypto exchanges, earn product. We'll see what happens there. JP Morgan has filed a trademark for a new crypto wallet with the ability to exchange and transfer digital currencies. Earlier this month, JP Morgan was the first bank to do blockchain-based transactions in the banking industry in a pilot program. Last but not least, applications for ApeCoin DAO special counsel closed yesterday after members Dean Steinbeck, Amy Wu, and Maria Bajwa stepped down. I I believe Amy Wu uh, was part of FTX and she came on our show and all that. New members will drive the vision for the future of ApeCoin and help make Ape the coin that powers the metaverse. Those are your updates from the Nifty Daily Digest. You can subscribe at thenifty.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, reminder that we are sponsored by SoRare. If you're enjoying the World Cup, well, they're doing fantasy sports on the blockchain for the World Cup. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash so rare. The uh, tweet that's pinned to the top has our link uh, if you want to sign up. It's a lot of fun. Ask Mike G about it. He's obsessed with it right now. Uh, it's just a it's a jam. So I want to hear from Nick and Easy. I definitely want to hear from so, Spencer. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Uh, one of the, Well, <clears throat> Spencer just texted me. He's joining the investigation, everybody. So the investigation oh, is ongoing. I love it. I love about- it. So actually, maybe I shouldn't have spilled those beans. My apologies. Yeah, because just kidding. He's front run. <laughs> he's not part of the investigation. My, just kidding. I just made that up. Uh, additionally, I got news of. Uh, the, did you see the story this morning uh, about Kathy Woods' uh, big bets here? She, what is she uh, betting on? Buying she that bought, GBTC, baby. She, she bought GBTC wow. and she also bought Coinbase. Which I like who the, the fuck is buy. buying GBTC? That just seems like a dumbass investment. Like what? Why didn't she just buy Bitcoin? That like because it's at a forty percent discount, and if they go bankrupt and they have to unwind the trust, then you you make that difference. Clearly, there's a reason that it's priced at that level. I think there's some like speculation that they don't even have uh, all those assets. But uh, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, one point four million is not a huge bet for her. I'm I'm guessing they have billions of dollars under management, so that's kind of like uh, that. That's kind of like Frank's bet on uh, Saudi Arabia there. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I mean, may not, and I don't even think it yields as much. So like the real question is K- Kathy Woods, why aren't you like betting on the world cup? Like that, that's what we're trying to find out. I'm tired of these hedge fund managers talking about some like 30% gain that they got by shorting something. And instead I want their picks on the world cup. That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. And that's why we made this title what it is. So I'm, I'm waiting on that information. I like it. Easy as his hand raised. Then I got to hear from Spencer, the newest member of the investigation into Genesis Lending. Uh, Easy, what's going on? Well, you talked a lot about on the weather report, crypto prices going down. There's one token today that's up a beautiful four and a half percent. Shout out our boys over at Matic, Polygon, doing the damn thing. And on top of it, Magic Eating came out today and officially is supporting Polygon NFTs on their marketplace. So some good, some good Polygon news. The good news keeps rolling. We called it out yesterday, sub 80 cents. Said it looked pretty. Uh, b- great call on that, Easy. Adi- uh, some of the other elite coins alongside that that are yep, up yep. Uh, 4% is Zek, Z E C, Doge, D O G E, uh, SC, which is, I guess, Sia Coin, 
Uh, we got Maker, uh, which is, I guess, associated with MakerDAO. I don't know. Uh, up 5%. Chainlink, though, blowing all those out of the water there. Easy. Didn't call that one. 8.53%. Uh, so I think trying Chainlink to goes higher, too. Uh, they have staking coming up in December, I think. I think Chainlink uh, goes higher. Wait, hold on. Do we have some Chainlink fans on this show? What the hell is going on Kicks here? Kix loves Chainlink. He was buying Bro, it the other day. Nick, some of us actually enjoy cryptocurrency, you know, and like actually like pay attention to what goes on in the space. Hold, hold, God forbid. Easy, easy. He's an older guy. He likes to trade Bitcoin. He likes to, you know, get like a nice, nice steak dinner off of a 2% pop. Let's, <laughs> let's be easy on him. There's a lot of coins out there. Only right, so much time right. in the day for him to decide, you know. Which one other than Bitcoin is he going to buy? I did see his Apple Watch say that his heart rate was increasing a lot when he uh, heard about HBAR and shared some excitement. So <laughs> I got I to gotta be careful talking about some of these coins around Nick. Shout out all the HBARbarians. Uh, Spencer, you have your hand raised. Uh, would love to know, you know, just brain dump what you think about what's going on right now. And if you've heard anything, you know, in the, uh, the kind of backroom chats, because I know you got access to those. What's going on, Spencer? Hey, Pio. Yeah, so this is like one of those victory laps that I like really didn't want to take. But, you know, we did break it here first. Like when FTX went insolvent, like on the show, I was like, I think Genesis is in trouble. And turns out Genesis very much is in trouble. Um, I don't think they're getting bailed out. It, the thing that's interesting about their ecosystem is there's sort of like three components, right? You've got um, Grayscale, you've got Genesis, and you've got DCG, Digital Currency Group. DCG, you know, is the one who, when they're like, yeah, like there's a $200 million hole, here's 200 million bucks, right? But it seems like uh, they've sort of been dragged down recently by Genesis. Now, Grayscale is sort of the like, whereas Genesis is like the lending desk, Grayscale is more like the like fund, like the institutional grade fund. So that one I think is probably fine. It's really unclear and it doesn't look like there are going to be buyers because here's, here's the thing that's happening in the market right now is there are a few players sitting on a couple billion dollars, right? The question is, if you had a couple billion dollars, what do you do? Do you bail out FTX? Uh, probably not, right? Like their, their, their like image globally is probably unfixably damaged. If you had a couple billion dollars, would you bail out Genesis? Uh, like probably not, right? Because Genesis' whole thing, even if they do get bailed out here, the confidence in their product is just so, so, so tarnished. And like, the reason they were able to give good yields was because they were borrowing from 3AC and FTX, which were giving them unreasonable, like, it's this whole, like, tears of Ponzi, right? <laughs> yeah, where, like, the, those guys were giving them unreasonably high yields, and then they were giving slightly more, un like, less unreasonably high yields down to consumers, right? And that's just kind of how this worked. Without those two, their core business is, like, pretty questionable. Like, what? How, where is the yield coming from? And so I don't see a world where they get bailed out. Like if I had billions of dollars and I wanted to make a play in the crypto space, I wouldn't be buying either of those companies. Like it, 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 it seems just strictly better to make your own version of each of them than to buy them out. And like that's the big, big, big issue here. I think more important though than those is what the FTX quote unquote hacker has been doing with his ETH and swapping to Bitcoin or his or her or their, uh, you know, holdings that to me feels like what we saw in the last day or so, all the volatility around ETH has actually a lot more to do with that. I, I still don't think, and, and you said this earlier, like, there, you know, that there was a scenario where they have to unwind their balance sheet. I, I don't think that they need to market sell everything. Like even in a scenario where, um, 
where they do file for bankruptcy, it's not clear to me that that causes forced selling um, from DCG or Genesis. But it, it is we're, we're entering like weird and uncharted territories. But also like these bankruptcy proceedings and filings and court cases take years and years and years. Like I don't think that that's something that's going to cause market dumping on the short time horizon. And I do hope, I really, really do hope that they were, you know, leverage longing, leverage shorting as they were making announcements yesterday to cover the whole. If that's the case, they might be fine. But, you know, I was hopeful that that was what was going on with FTX as well. Like they were market shorting their own, you know, FTT or whatever, and then longing. And that didn't seem like it was what was happening there. So we'll have to see. The good news is I honestly think long run for crypto, these kinds of companies getting cleared out is actually like quite good. And I know that's hard to see today right now. But like these were all things that felt like they were going to explode at any moment. And like in a post these things having exploded world, there's a couple of, you know, sketchy exchanges still. But I just like like a lot of this is like 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 the systemic risk in crypto feels a lot lower than it did a couple of weeks ago when there were a lot more like like Genesis has felt like it's going to explode independent of FTX for like quite a while. Fair. Okay. So my follow-up question is because you talked about Genesis, uh, you know, you talked about their like state of affairs. I think the next like degree that people turn to like the next, uh, you know, kind of, um, j- just the next entity that people are thinking about is Gemini Earn, right? So Winklevoss Twins, really strong reputation in the crypto space. Gemini, really strong reputation as an exchange. Obviously, it's come out now that basically all Gemini Earn was was a user interface for you to give money, to, you know, lend money directly to Genesis. That's what it seems like, right? Maybe there were other counterparties too, but it really does seem like it was just a user interface to onboard Gemini users directly to Genesis. Let's say Genesis lending does go bankrupt. Do you, th- and apparently the hole is 500 to 700 million bucks, which sounds like a lot. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure the Winklevoss, like Winklevoss Capital could fill that hole. I think Gemini could probably fill that hole. Do you think that Gemini just says, uh, you know, and it's gone to earn users? Or do you think that they do something in support? Because I just can't imagine, like I personally, even though I don't have exposure to earn at this point, I personally would not use uh, Gemini if they just do the and it's gone uh, technique or, or the, um, you know, that, it's that strategy. The technique. I- it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a unique technique. Hey, uh, you lent me money uh, and it's gone. One of my favorite techniques, P.O., actually. Yeah, like I would definitely just, I would be a Coinbase maxi after that. Like, you know, Spencer, how do you think that whole thing plays out, I guess, in both scenarios, if uh, Genesis does go bankrupt and if it doesn't? Well, I don't think that the $500 million number is correct. I think it's way, way, way more than that. And they're just like, they're trying to play around with what is the thing where we could take money and where we could turn back on redemptions. So like, if it is a $1 to $3 billion hole, right? But like you got to understand, like it's not like they manage a small amount of money. Like they manage tens of billions, right? And so, like if the problem here is that even if it is like okay, let's there's two worlds. Let's say it is a small hole, like a like a half a billion dollars, which is not tiny, but it's not as big as as what I think some people are speculating the hole to be. Um, let's say it is a small hole. Then 
it may not be so simple as giving them $500 million to fix the hole and then Gemini Urn can come back on. Because the problem is if they fix the hole and then there's sort of a bank run and it turns out there's a bigger hole, well, then they've just basically burnt $500 million and customers can't get their money out of Gemini Urn anyway, right? Um, if they, now let's say that they, now let's take a world where there is a big hole and, um, you know, like I, if I'm Genesis, if I'm Gemini and I want to give them that this amount of capital, like, like there's a lot more than $500 million in Gemini Urn is the problem, right? And so it's not clear to me that there's a, that there's a way for them to give Gemini money, sorry, to give Genesis money that guarantees Gemini Urn is forever unfrozen, right? Because the big fear here is that you try and bail Genesis out, you don't fully cover their issues, then basically as soon as Gemini Urn is unfrozen, there's going to be a bank run on Gemini Urn, right? Like everyone's just going to withdraw everything. I think I think in that situation, they'd be like, you can only withdraw X per week so that there's some level of control. Do you know what I mean? Like versus, yeah, all yeah, right, but- the, the gate's open. Right, but like no, I'll put it this way: no one's depositing money into Gemini Urn, <laughs> right? Like it's just net outflows, and so, like th- this is the concern: is like, Ge- Gemini, like if it was just five hundred million dollars to fix this, I think Gemini would have fixed it, right? But I think part of why I'm very skeptical that five hundred million dollars is the real number here is that you don't see someone like Gemini stepping in to fix it because I think they think if they give Genesis five hundred million dollars. It's going to be a, and it's gone kind of moment for the $500 million. Okay. So real quick, and I want to throw a signal in a second. Let's say Genesis just full tilt bankrupt. Uh, do you think that Gemini then just says, so it was a Genesis thing and it's gone? Well, the uh, problem is that it's not totally gone, right? Like if they go bankrupt, then there's still bankruptcy proceedings. And that's the thing that takes forever. And so like, there's this limbo of like, there is probably billions of dollars to be paid out to people holding money in Gemini Earn in the next like five years, whenever this gets settled. And that's the like weird spot that Gemini is in. It's not like they should just pay out. Like they, they could buy, maybe they could buy out their, their, the like consumers, like rights to the, to the buyouts from, um, to the payouts from the bankruptcy proceedings. Like that would be if I was in their shoes, the way I'd be looking to do it is to so, like. So the customers get the money now, and then they worry about the like Gemini. Yeah, and if you get like ninety cents thing. on the dollars in three years, Gemini's. But I don't think that Gemini has a big enough balance sheet to do that because the thing is, like, they can't do that. Like the the, pro- the the problem is, like, they can't do that by borrowing from c- customer deposits, right? <laughs> yeah, we just saw what happens when you do that. <laughs> so like, where's all that money? Like, like. Cause, I mean, if they cover the whole thing, like that's probably billions of dollars. The, the Winklevoss twins are uh, billionaires, I would assume. Like my my real question is, why can't you get the financing? And and the general thought is is more that it's just expensive at this moment. I think they're just waiting to see what happens. And I'm I would assume that there are some sequence of fallback measures that they're uh, you know if they hadn't uh, identified yet, um, they're they're. Uh, at a minimum, uh, go like there's got to be some options that they're going to go with at this point in order just to uh, retain the brand value that Gemini has and not completely destroy it. So, like, there's some cost uh, for that at this point. And my guess is that's worth in their in their mind at least you know at least nine figures, uh, if not you know if not more. So, like, they have to just eat that at this point in time to Spencer's point, you know, I, I don't know what their, uh, what their balance sheet is, um, in terms of like how much money they have available, 
But the Winklevoss twins themselves are supposedly billionaires. So like, why wouldn't they um, make an investment in order to like back this up further? It should, and, and if there was someone that has the ability to access capital, I, I feel like billionaires are the first in line to like be able to uh, gain access. So to me, it just feels like inevitably the end user will be paid out. I just think they're going to have to sunset the Gemini Earn product and say, "Hey, it was a good experiment, good run. It's not going to work out." Oh, uh, I so, don't. I don't think anybody's pushing back on that idea. That thing is donezo. Um. So yeah, I, I, that's like the main thing at this point. I would. I would imagine in the next like uh, two weeks, the Gemini Earn users have some clarity in terms of how they're getting paid out, and more importantly, if there's some like discount form of it. That's actually an awful situation. Uh, like Gemini is basically going to have to eat the loss, but I think someone else will like finance that for them. Is whatever the difference is between uh, to Spencer's point, how much they're buying those future uh, deposits at a discount. Um, I, I I am more optimistic uh, in this whole scenario, but it's not good regardless. And the outcome is pretty much who's going to want to touch even any sort of uh, interest bearing crypto account at this point in time um, unless you're like doing the thing I was thinking about last night was like how much can you generate LPing stable coins <laughs> and by stable coins I mean USDC uh, and GUSD or something like that uh, like it is hard to generate much interest um, it, or yield in this space so I don't know it, it, it's it's gonna have lasting a lasting impact it's gonna impact policy uh, and inevitably, um, I think Gemini is going to make it out of this, but there, there's going to be a cost as a result of all this. Well, there's got to be some sort of reputational hit, even though they they had users sign like the liability stuff, like hey, you know, that that's what people are leaning on. They're like, you signed your rights away if you if you did this, and I totally get that argument. But at the same time, is like, is it a good look to just be like, eh, it's gone? You know what I mean? That that's the part of it. I want to hear from Signal then back to Spencer. Signal, what's going on? Yeah, and it's gone. It's just like my money, just like an F1 car. Just like, <laughs> that's it, gone. <laughs> there you go. No, but Spencer, my question is, like, you said DCG has dragged down Genesis and then Grayscale could be fine, but obviously it's a bit unclear at the moment. If there was smoke, what smoke would you be looking for if there was any type of um, potential circumstance where Grayscale was not okay? Uh, I don't think Grayscale is not okay. Like, I think the the thing there is, like, it's just based on how funds are structured versus how, like, Grayscale is just an expensive buy button for, for co like, Coinbase, right? Like, they literally use Coinbase to fulfill orders. And so they probably just hold all the assets they say they hold. Like, they're not yield generating or anything. They're just, if you are an institution and you want to buy, like, Bitcoin or Ethereum and you don't know how, they just do it for you is their, like, business model. And I think they do well with that business model. Um, okay. Well, Spencer, you had your hand raised. Was there something besides like, yeah, you know, that, I guess there's that one more part to this. It's like, so like hypothetically, right? Like, let's say that there was something going on here that maybe wasn't being publicly discussed with uh, Genesis, which had to do with potentially like, uh, like governmental investigations that had been ongoing since before FTX, right? Like that might've made Genesis independently a toxic enough asset people willing, otherwise willing to talk, be in discussions about bailing it out would not be in discussions about bailing it out. And you got to think at this point that there is something that has caused there to be almost nobody at the table to bailing out Genesis, um, which may or may not be that. 
Have you heard that? I don't know. Oh, look at this guy. Well, hey, look, I mean, this is going to be a gnarly two to four weeks um, just to get like answers. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I wanted to hear from Frank on the Solana versus Ethereum thing. However, it looks like he Your had boy to- got rocked. Well, I don't know if he got rugged. I think he just had to go. Uh, I see Kevin D. Gods. He got front. rugged. He would never leave this show. He got <laughs> rugged. <laughs> well, I see Kevin D. Gods in the crowd. I invited him to speak. I'm just curious to hear about this, especially with Easy here. But Easy, I mean, look, you've been on this stuff like a hawk. I got to, you know, I want to hear like the way you're thinking about all this stuff. Um, I also want to hear from NFT God, who I haven't heard from yet, and Kicks. Um, Easy, like, what do you make of this week? We talked yesterday about how you're buying Matic. H bar and was Solana the third asset that you're buying? Yeah. Yeah. And so what what do you think? Like you heard what Spencer thinks. Do you feel like Spencer's on the money or kicks? Go ahead. And then we can go to easy. Uh, no, I was just uh, mimicking easy. I'll be ready for your question. Following up easy. I'm curious to hear what Easy's thinking as well. Easy. Yeah. I mean, how much worse can it get? (laughs) Like I say it kind of like half joking now, but it's just like, I don't think any piece of news could phase me at this point. Like, I just feel like we keep getting the worst of the worst stuff. And at this point, prices have done what they've done. Uh, yesterday, I had Crypto Cowboy, who I'm a big fan of, like his technical analysis on. And he was calling for Bitcoin 12K and then we reverse. We have Marin saying December 22nd is the day. A few people I know that trade a lot more vi- like volume and size than I do and discuss that they're anticipating like another leg down right around that 13K mark and then at least a short-term temp rally uh, where they're going to be flipping long. So like a lot of people are kind of targeting more downside, but it's like a matter of how much more downside. On top of it, I mean, 60K Bitcoin is now sub 15K, you know, or at 15K. So like I'm starting to DCA here. I'm comfortable taking more downside risk. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm not backing up the Brinks truck on it by any means. I have stables in ERC-20 that I plan to start to scale into ETH around 1K at. But... At this point, like we're all still here. It, it's literally going to take like a meteor to make us kind of leave at this point because we've already destroyed the ecosystem with FTX collapsing. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you have your hand raised. Then we'll throw it to NFT, God. Yeah, I was just uh, going to ask you, P.O., quick trivia question. Do you remember who the last sponsor is that we had on the show? Uh, so rare? Bugatti! Oh, yes, I do remember. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was awesome. Uh, NFT God, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, a couple things. One, I I took all my money out of Gemini. I don't I just can't think of a time where a company has been in this situation that they're in and they fully recovered. It feels like every single company that's been in that kind of danger zone where, okay, we need to look for money. We have things locked up. It hasn't worked. And I understand totally this is the Gemini earn. This isn't like their exchange. And they probably, because they're New York regulated, have all the money backed up. I just don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And maybe that's the mindset a lot of other normal retail traders have. And that goes to tell you maybe how much damage has already been done to their reputation up to this point. Um, so that's my point on, on the last thing. On trading, I'm not really buying anything right now. It, it really feels like the momentum is still downwards. I'd rather buy when the momentum is upwards. Like the last time we went down on Ethereum, it went down to like 800 bucks. Uh, I, I wasn't buying them. When we started going back up again, I bought again at a thousand and that turned out to be a pretty good trade. 
Uh, I sold that around 14 or 1500 after that. So I'd rather wait till the momentum starts going up again. It feels like it's only more bad news. It's more bad news waiting to happen. If you're thinking long-term, like I imagine easy might be DCAing here might be a good idea, but uh, uh, this, this might be the worst answer in the history of this show. I've actually been buying uh, dividend stocks like Verizon, uh, <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. Get them out here. <laughs> Coca-Cola, uh, Kroger. Like you can get like four or 5% on these stocks that are at like five uh, year lows on, under dividend yield. So that might be literally the most boring, worst answer in the history of this crypto show. Uh, but my dividend portfolio is performing 10 times better than any other portfolio I have. So that's my take. I love it. I love it. NFT God, that was a great answer. Uh, <laughs> Kicks, like, what do you think is about to happen here? What do you think? Wh where do we go from here? Do you think Genesis blows up? Like, I don't know. Have you been following this at all? Do you care? What's going on, Kicks? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, like my, like my, re you know, dopamine receptors are kind of still fried from FTX. So, like, if if this Genesis thing happened, like, you know, two months from now, I'd probably be like shocked and like, oh my god, but. At, at this point, it's just like, uh, yeah, I already like felt all of these um, feels before. Um, I, I The one thing I know is that I don't know and no one on Twitter knows when the exact bottom is going to be. Um, but I do think starting to dollar cost average when the prices are down 80 to 85% from highs like seems like a good idea. So I've just been gobbling up uh, little uh, bits of the tokens that I like. Uh, fully expecting like what Easy said that there could be another leg down, but it's like I'm not like like what like what are the chances that you like put your whole stack in at the pico bottom and you know what I mean? It just it's such a meme to think that that's going to happen. So we're down 80, 85 percent on some of these uh, tokens. So I'm starting to uh, you know well I I have been so I'm continuing to dollar cost average in on those. Um, in the NFT space, I, I bought two cellmates. I just thought, you know, I'm a big website guy. They had a cool website. So I like that. But other than that, I'm really not uh, touching much in the NFT space at all. It seems like uh, there's been like a just a big risk off moment. I think FTX and then like Genesis has like really like spooked people. And I've always considered NFTs to be more risk on than crypto. So like if people are spooked about crypto, then they're going to be like even more risk off um with the nfts um so i kind of take uh nft gods approach uh specifically with nfts with crypto i'm dollar cost averaging but with nfts i'd much rather wait for like what feels to be like a proper you know bottoming out process and then like risk on uptrend and buy into an uptrend i think that uh, and I did that phenomenally with my Moonbird in July, uh, which I'm, you know, down about uh, $28,000 on. So follow <laughs> for financial advice um, and trading ideas. But uh, yeah, just the, the NFT market just seems like a, even more shaky than crypto. So I think like personally, we need the crypto market to like stabilize, flush out the FUD um, and, and maybe see some uptrends to get like the NFT confidence back. Having said that, I'm still keeping my eye out for cool, interesting projects because we've talked about this multiple times before. Like every two or three months, there is a really cool play that's like a no-brainer, you know, win. Like we had we had Ranga and we had ENS domains and we had like every two, three, four months Reddit, Reddit avatars for a little bit. There's a new thing that comes out that you can make money easily on. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for those opportunities versus like throwing money into quote unquote blue chips that 
I think have a chance of just, you know, kind of chopping and slowly bleeding. Well, you bought cellmates and I saw that in our discord, a lot of people were on cellmates. They ran from 0.3 to 0.5 and it looks like there's still volume there. It does have a great website like you talked about. Do you know anything about cellmates as an owner beyond the website kicks? Any research done at all? Nope. Zero research done. Have heard <laughs> rumors that like the art, the artist behind the project is pretty good. Uh, I don't think it's a Ranga level thing. This is just more of like, a, there's absolutely nothing else going on. I took a little bit of my Japanese NFT money. I said, hey, this, you know, great website. Uh, you know, I'll throw some money at a website here. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, we got Clemente on stage. Love having Clemente on the show. Clemente, what's going on, amigo? Hey, so it, something I've been thinking about the last, honestly, the last couple of weeks, and I was reminded of it this morning from NFT God's tweet about just like, execution and utility and all these different things that can that pretty much like these airdrops and all these quote-unquote utility pieces that nfts have promised pretty much only work when the price is going up and what i've been thinking about from there is like the idea of, of performance risk and like let's assume things continue to to fall and we don't see price appreciation in the short term what what do i buy and like I, I almost think like I, I want to buy something that has no roadmap, no utility, nothing promise, and it's just like culture, memes, and just like community, right? So from there, I'm thinking like I, my the the first few, and I'm curious what you guys think is like that makes crypto dick butts a buy, that makes mfers a buy, that makes um. A couple other pieces, anyway, like that, the other ones, but uh, as a pretty strong community, and it's not like they're like promising a big roadmap, right? Like, what almost has like a lower performance risk? Um, because that would almost make it less volatile, right? Like, I'm almost comparing it to like a growth stock in um, in the traditional world, and they may have a lower upside when uh, the the bull market, if and when it comes back, but it feels like a little bit more of a stabler buy, and, and pretty much the only place I would consider putting money new money into right now is like these kind of memeish uh just culture relevancy plays i like it i mean, signal raise your hand signal a comment on what clemente just said spencer too like, maybe after i mean i love it um you know i think obviously there's always going to be that side of the market that loves art but this sort of meme side of the market i think you're absolutely spot on and it's just interesting especially now that we have elon on twitter so much and you see how much he uses memes just to like communicate an idea he did a great one yes i think it was yesterday with trump and like the monk and then like the woman who's all like forbidden and i was just laughing my ass so like, funny it, it was so funny and um you like i think you're spot on like we're in that weird period where you're not going to see um huge upside until at least the macro gets better and then this volatility within crypto goes away and stuff like crypto dick buds i'm a huge fan of crypto dick buds I, I i think i think they capture the zeitgeist and everything that we do in this space and if you can identify those good projects that just have that kind of hardcore community especially the ones that have that crypto og community and and, and are not going to go anywhere um yeah i really like your thesis there and and would would do that play for the rest of the year spencer something to add there yeah, I don't know. Like within that scope, like uh, my play has always been like the wrecked guy play because I, I, while I like, I think it's a good mix of like they are like there's known builders who are docs who are still in the space versus like I just have such a hard time getting behind thinking that MFers will be relevant because so much of the relevancy of that project was 
Sartoshi's like Twitter account and the memes he made. And then his deletion of that Twitter account, his keeping like half the royalties still for himself. Like, like, I don't know, like, will that be the relevant meme ahead? I think probably of that bunch, like, you know, it's interesting you didn't mention um, cryptodes, right? Cryptodes pumped way higher, way before, um, way before crypto dick butts ever pumped as high as they did. Like there, there's a, like, there is some mimetic value here. I guess crypto dick butts are the ones that most recently pumped. So they're probably most top of mind for everyone. But I, I still struggle to think that the next cycle's memes will be the same as this cycle's memes, especially on projects where like founders have already rugged. And so, you know, even if there's no expectation of something more, the idea that there could be something more is always tempting. And I think we'll see, like, there will be a crypto dick butts of the next bull run. There'll be a cryptodes of the next bull run. But that's one of those ones where, like, unlike, say, okay, you know, maybe people don't like buying into the blue chips because they're going to bleed. But, like, in another bull run, they have teams that will deliver and do stuff. I, like, I just don't think the next bull run's memes will be the same as the memes that we're used to. And we're just going to be like the boomer mean lords out there being like, when will my dick butts be worth money again? I can finally <laughs> retire. <laughs> First of all, I like that character, Spencer. I agree with Spencer, especially on the MFers front. Uh, MFers feels more like a rug than anything else to me at this point. Um, and maybe that's a hot take to the MFers audience. I mean, it is holding a good floor. But I think Spencer's point, and I felt like that since the exit of Sartoshi on MFers, whereas I think that Gremlin and Cryptodes does feel like art. I like I'm a big fan of Gremlin and I'm a big fan of cryptodes and oddities from an art perspective. It'll be interesting to see, like Spencer said, how history uh, remembers him. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Well, I was just going to say, cryptodes has some of the best looking testicles that I've seen. And like when I think of fine art, that's the first thing that comes to mind is like hairy balls. I love it. That, th thank you for that. Is that the only input that you wanted to? Uh, to yeah, to that was pretty much it. That I had for the uh, other subject matter we we already went over. So I'm I'm gonna just discuss uh, the cryptodes art. Okay, the the balls specifically. Primarily, yeah. You know, I own one of them, and uh, when I think of framing things on my wall, I I think of uh, why haven't I you know framed my cryptode? And uh, despite my being a fan of that style of art, actually. Very nice. Signal, you have your hand raised. What's going on? No, like I definitely agree. Just to clarify that like I would not pick um, MFers for sure. The, that has everything wrong with it. Suspense, I agree with you there. But I think the like his thesis, Clemente's thesis of um, memes being an idea that could rally people in the next bull run. If you look at like, for example, what 6529 is doing with the on metaverse there, like these are ideas that are already being used at the end of 2022 and then will be used um, in season two and season three in 2023. So I think, I think Clemente's thesis is correct. It's just about picking the right projects because not all memes are created equally. The MF first side of things, I actually like... I do see it's it is one of the more used PFPs from what I've seen. And I actually like um the MFers. The only issue is I don't know if there's still a royalty on it. Uh and if there is, I it does it go to the community now? I forget that whole fifty percent uh, goes to the community and fifty percent goes to Sartoshi and the devs. Still. Wow. Okay. You well bet, that's buddy. that's the only thing going against it. That's impressive that that guy's still making money. Talk about Wow, what what a masterful exit, huh? Like really, <laughs> like the timing was great. Everything about it was perfect. 
And uh, forget it, about that extra NFT that he rugged on the way out. I think that was at least a quarter million bucks in revenue. It might have been significantly more though. Yeah, I th- it was. It was. I think way more than a quarter million dollars. I feel like it was in the millions. Additionally, uh, and there there were a lot of people that bought it thinking like I remember how pissed people were. Th- they bought it. Literal. Literally, he wrote an article that's like, uh, "I'm going to rug you." Here is how I'm going to rug you. Buy this NFT. And then people bought it and they're like, yo, can you believe this guy rugged us? Like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't believe that he did that. What a, what a jerk. Uh, and so, or she, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that was uh, absolutely ludicrous uh, how that, how that went down. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, MFers, I'm not sure about. Crypto, I've genuinely... I, it's one of those that I've genuinely thought about selling uh, over and over again as the price of ETH has like absolutely imploded. So it's kind of at this point, I think I'm going to more fall into Spencer's bucket here of uh, being an old person. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be at least 50 by the time my NFTs, <laughs> you know, return back to the price. Pio's going to be like 40 by then. Um, it'll So we'll compare notes on what it's like at... Uh, at those two ages, but, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, well, actually last comment on this, I tweeted out something yesterday about, um, I was like, if the price of NFTs are no longer go up, wh- going up, what's the utility? Because price go up is the only utility that matters. And someone responded depression. And I thought that was a really good, uh, utility. So if you're looking for depression, Buy our NFT. Uh, it's available. I don't know if you pinned it to the top, PO, but a lot of people. It's always uh, pinned to the top. It's always up there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say, "What do I get for it?" Guaranteed depression. So uh, you can always <laughs> tune in, buy our NFT. Incredible value out of that. Someone I worked with at Robinhood that bought our NFT did say that through all this, our NFT is actually the single asset that he has that's held value, which actually is true. And if you you know if you bought it at, at Mint, which is pretty funny. Um, but anyway, uh, Kicks, you have your hand raised. Then we'll go to NFT God. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say that I think it makes sense that Nick likes uh, Muffers. Like, I think it could be a great alter ego for him. I think that if he hadn't quit smoking weed in college and kept smoking weed until today, he would be a real life Muffer. So. I think that it makes a lot of sense. And also on the fact, like the rugging thing, like uh, a little known fact, like getting rugged is actually um, statistically the number one kink in NFTs. So I think that Muffers one day could be like a historical rug project. (laughs) Great insight. NFT God, what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Nick didn't get to jump me on this one. Anyway, we might be going deep into meme theory here. Uh, but I, I believe all memes eventually get played out and get old. So I'm, I'm less buying into the memes. I'm more buying into the people associated with the memes. So for instance, like Wob, Wob who owns Sappy Seals, like he's a meme maker and he's never going to like, he's always going to be popular and whether people admit it or not, like Twitter influencers mean something. And if he keeps making these popular memes and putting content in front of people that people enjoy, he's always going to have attention on him and his project. So while, again, I'm not really buying a ton of NFTs right now, like I'm looking at the people associated with the memes that are creating the memes, because I think their assets are going to be a lot more about like Frank, for instance, like he's never going to just disappear. So his assets will always have some sort of value while a lot of these other quote unquote meme projects have a very good chance of rugging eventually. So 
I'm looking more at the people creating the memes than the memes themselves, if that makes any sense. I mean, I like it. It's actually really important to to look at who's actually behind the collections. Nifty Nick has his hand raised, then we'll go back to Clemente. Nick, what's going on? I was actually just checking, and the prices. Um, well, actually, I don't want to signal my action. Uh, sorry. Never mind. Uh, move on oh, to the boy. next person. Well, the whale alert, ladies and gentlemen. Whale alert. Uh, get out of the way of the whale. He's about to move the market. Uh, Clemente I've has acquired. I've acquired a significant size of an NFT project. <laughs> Read the thread for more details. <laughs> <laughs> he buys one crypto. Uh, Clemente, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, it, it, just to put a, a bow on this, I, the, the reason why I, I, I brought this up was like I was going through some of the, the prices of these like let's put them like a meme meme basket of of collections and they're holding up incredibly well like over the last 30 days like that's what brought it to my attention to begin with is like even with all of this like just massive implosion that you're seeing across a lot of projects and lack of belief the belief in these projects wasn't the fact that they were going to deliver something right and it's not dependent on what happens with the overall macroeconomic um conditions they're still going to be making memes they're still going to be gaining attention through like what nft got saying like sappy seals if it can continue to get attention through its memes and it continue to hold the community together like they have been it you can almost like create like a basket of these collections and i'd like to have like a meme index and compare it to these quote-unquote blue chip pfps and see how they perform over time and i would almost guarantee you that these memes have done better than the blue chips over the last 30 days, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what are we really talking about is we're sort of talking about the art side of the NFT space, but just in a different way than what maybe conventional art collectors would think of as fine art. Uh, you know, this isn't the generative art, which I think a lot of people would say is like the NFT space and the blockchain art space's contribution to the art world. If you listen to somebody like Tyler Hobbs or Dandelion, they'll talk about how, you know, Monet was not accepted by the traditional art world for something like 15 years before, you know, finally it was like, oh, wow, Monet actually is, uh, you know, an important artist. And they would argue that right now we're in that period with generative art, but, you know, history will be on the right side of generative art. Um, we're kind of just talking about a different area, which is basically internet meme art culture. And because if you look at the NFT space and you look at the top collections, the Doodles, Board Ape Yacht Clubs, Moonbirds, uh, Clonex, those entities are basically like startup, you know, tech startup entities in the space. They're very well capitalized. They will survive this bear market. They will build something because they have the resources to do it. It's not a guarantee that they'll succeed. It's not a guarantee that their asset prices will pump. However, they're giving it a college try on the tech side of the NFT. NFT space. They sold, you know, JPEG images, raised a bunch of money, then raised venture capital money, and they're trying to do different innovations in the space. Other Deed is trying to build a the, the metaverse platform. You know, a lot of people call it a game, but it's actually really more of a metaverse platform that can be built on. Uh, you know, Moonbirds is apparently building this this high rise thing, which is more of like a traditional app, I think, or something. Because Kevin Rose is a product product guy. Obviously, Spencer would know better than me. But if you look at the crypto dick butts, if you look at crypto punks 
all of these different uh, NFT art projects. It's just a different flavor, and you're kind of betting on historical significance. You know, I wanted to ask Spencer. I know Spencer bought into Pudgy Penguin. Oh, he, he just bounced. All right, well, he's he's out. He's gone. No question for him on what he's uh, looking at in the market now. But he's like, doing and- some investigatory uh, background sort of like setup here. So we're we're gonna we're breaking into the office actually. Uh, I don't want to signal our moves here, but that's uh, that's what's going on. I mean, that's a direct signal. First of all, I can't wait to see this content. I think that this is going to be hilarious content. You guys in front of Genesis, it's going to be cold, but uh, in front of Genesis, just asking people, do you even know what this is? Do you know what crypto is? What is it? Oh, Spencer's back. Uh, Spencer, did you get rugged or am I pulling you away from a meeting you had to run to? No, I I was scrolling the Twitter feed and hit the wrong button. Alrighty, no worries. I was going to ask you, like, I know you bought into Pudgy Penguins recently. Is there a scenario where you would buy into something brand new like Cellmates? Is that something that you took a, a good look at and researched and talked to people about before it dropped? Um, or is are you not in that mode right now? You're in a different mode when it comes to deploying capital with your fund. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say like, I wouldn't ape into something new, right? Um, but I'm not going to like go to OpenSea and be like, oh my God, there's volume on a new project? And like, gotta ape. Like, that's just not, you know, where even like Street Machine did that ever reveal? Like, what, what's been launched recently? Like, Art Gobblers were something where I was like, okay, a lot of like enough of the right people have been talking about this for enough of a period of time that it's like maybe interesting. But even that, like, once it revealed, it was like, oh, like this is just clearly going to zero, right? It's like the 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 thing for me is like usually when I'm aping new projects it's new projects that i've heard talked about behind the scenes for at least like a period of time by kind of the right people where i'm like okay this might do something but there just aren't that many projects like that on the horizon right now where yeah i mean if really great founders enter the space like we saw you know limit break gabe digitagaku is an example of like yeah that was just that wasn't just like okay we're hyped up on volume we're trading the easy eats one minute candles right like i you know, it's hard to do that at size for something that's meaningful for me, right? So, like, there's not much on the horizon where I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And so then if I'm looking at, like, okay, if I want just exposure to the NFT space, I've been just buying punks, right? I'm buying punks once every, like, two days right now. Um, and then, like, if I'm okay, I want something that can move within the space. I think something like Pudgy, where there is a team behind it, um, is, you know has more of an opportunity to move within the space than even something like Aranga, where like they're still an unproven team, right? Like that, you know, it's, it's just a different situation where like you have people who have built companies before, like the, the guy who bought Pudgy Penguins has built and sold venture backed companies before. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, when we think about that too, you think about Kevin D gods, apparently I guess has been docs like easy. Is that, is that what happened? Cause I saw some tweets on that where they showed like a Wikipedia page for the guy. Uh, so I guess he's docs now. So people are like, oh, okay, that's, that's who's behind D gods. Yeah, it wasn't really his desire, I guess, to be doxed or NFT ethic, NFT ethics, who just decides when to dox people, I guess kind of aired out the information. Uh, there was a patent, I want to say, or a, a I, don't, I forget exactly what it was, maybe an LLC filing that had his name on it. Um, he's the guy behind Instacart, guy behind uh, Outlook Mobile, and seems like he's done pretty well in the tech industry. Okay, and then, interesting. Uh, and Wait, so he's behind Instacart? He was one of the first people... From a development standpoint of it, yeah, before selling it off. He's got like 900 million in successful SaaS exits. 
damn. Are they moving? Uh, are they moving D gods and Utes to Ethereum? There's no confirmation of it, and the, I mean, the big speculation has been like, I don't think they move the entire project to ETH. There's been talks of them doing an airdrop on other chains for a while, so I think that's what's most likely going to happen is you'll end up getting an airdrop on ETH by owning the Solana assets, which then gets you exposure to both ecosystems. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll see how that plays out. How are you feeling about the Solana ecosystem overall? Honestly, like if, it's going to sound crazy, but I feel fine. I've made fifty or sixty soul in the last like four or five days. The market's been like really active. We're getting about two hundred Solana volume. So like, sure, fifty, sixty souls only like five, six hundred bucks. But in a bear, I'm totally fine with that over a week. You know, like I'm never mad making more Solana and just tucking it away for like potential profit and upside. Like even OK bears are two x off lows. If you had bought Utes that day that you came on my five p.m. show, you'd be up like seventy soul. You know. Um, D God's like fourteen hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of things right now that are still kind of moving, and that's that's the big thing here is like the volume's still around. Like we've just had a project mint called Lily that a bunch of people were huge fans of, and it went from a four soul to a sixteen soul uh, price, and like you could have bought as many as you wanted. So like theoretically, if you had any belief in the ecosystem and wanted to trade off a of volume, you could have had a four X on your hand. Um, then also like there's Clanosaurus, which is like an IP play coming out the 26th. So in like four days and those sardines that we got at Breakpoint are now 115 soul floor. So like that's a, a nice thousand dollars just from being at Breakpoint and meeting the Clanosaurus team. Well, what, was that a thousand dollars before or after sold dropped by 99%? It's a thousand dollars right now. Okay. So making some actual cash here. Did anybody see the, uh, the other story that was about, um, uh, th- this is a random one, but Rockstar Games, like there was some uh, ab- about their NFT stuff. They're, so I don't know if you all are familiar, <laughs> you know, your, your favorite rapper, Lil Durk, uh, <laughs> launched an uh, NFT pass that would give people access to a, a, a GTA server, which sounds pretty familiar if you all remember uh, uh, the history of the past year. There was one massive NFT pump um, in this case, it was NFT Worlds is what I'm referring to that had a huge pump um, as a result of uh, selling an NFT for private, uh, essentially they were private Minecraft servers. Uh, and now the, this rapper did the exact same thing. And now they've just uh, updated this as uh, being against the term. So you can't do that. I didn't even realize that, uh, does anyone on stage actually play uh, Grand Theft Auto still? And if so... I didn't realize there were like private servers. That seems, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. GTA RP, bro. It's a big thing. Come on. Yeah, it's like one of the most popular Twitch, uh, Twitch, uh, like, uh, categories. Really? So just private uh, hosted games? Yeah, but you'll get like a thousand people in it and like you basically play a character in it and like they have a a world. But you have to go in and you have to like actually role play. You have to have a character. You have to follow the rules. So for example, when I did it, uh, my character was Gary Gaudium. <laughs> and what, what 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 did the life of Gary Gaudium look like there? Death and destruction. Uh, we uh, started a uh, riot against uh, Midget Mo, who was part of the Red Gang on the server. Uh, we were massively outgunned. Uh, they would just do drive-by shootings on us uh, with like full MP5s. Uh, but this one time we found the gang leader and his online girlfriend in a car and I drove up next to him with a pistol and I shot them both. It was the most fun I've ever fucking had in my life. Um, 
And yeah, uh, my most fun interactions was with the uh, ambulance guy. Uh, when you get killed in the game, they have to come revive you. And uh, Gary Gaudium was a 42-year-old red-haired Jewish account from the Bronx, but I got kicked out of my dad's accounting firm from doing a, a little uh, mismanagement of the funds. And uh, whenever uh, the ambulance would pull up, I would just scream, call my rabbi, but also don't tell my wife because I'm in so much trouble now. <laughs> What the hell? Like, okay, so you used to be a big uh, GTA player. Clearly, like this is you the really story thought, has so many layers. Like, That's how you know it's not a it's not a stick because it has every detail outlined. It, th this is it real. Went from a yeah, I know. It went from like being a joke about like uh, a kid playing uh, Grand Theft Auto to me being like, oh shit, kicks like actually. So how long ago was this? It was about like a year and a half ago. It, uh, we actually broke the uh, the red gang on the server because um, basically they tr they like one of the guys in their gang like betrayed us, and his name was Mo, but he was like the sidekick, so we called him Midget Mo, and uh, we. I uh, sponsored a $50,000 charity event for him to get an electric wheelchair. And um, it was a boxing event and the gang got so mad. They threatened to kill anybody that showed up to the event. So we went down to the police station and we asked the police of the server for uh, security support. And they escorted us and all of the contestants uh, to the event while the red gang uh, overlooked from a nearby hill um, and as soon as the police escort uh, left us, we got massacred. <laughs> what the hell? Did you guys raise the money? Well, it was like fake online GTA. Oh, money. I yeah. thought, okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought there was actually, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. No, uh, that's what I'm saying. You... When people are like, why are you bullish on the metaverse? I've already lived in the metaverse. Gary Gaudium's all in there all day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I also love how like you remember this, you know, like moment by moment. Like you have a very clear memory of this event. Like this was important to you. This was a big thing in your life. Uh, so yeah, I think it makes sense to me that other deed, uh, you know, could eventually be something. Uh, lo love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, go ahead. Nick. Uh, well, my question. So if other deed is uh, in uh, is indeed you know developing this thing, like. What happened to trading other deed? It's now up over basically, and you bought at the low. What what did it get down there, there to? Like, didn't it get a point eight? It's now one point two. So you had a fifty percent gainer there. Uh, but if, if you, you bought it at point eight, you were buying it on Blur, and then if you sell it on Blur, I have to think the floor is lower on Blur right now. Do you, the floor on Blur yesterday was one point two six. Wow, that's pretty good. So. That was a massive trade right there. Uh, I had not even. I, I, that said, the ETH price dropped at the same time, so I don't know like how that's been uh, correlated. They really need. We need like charts on OpenSea to view this in USD, like a toggle, so that we could view the the historical USD value of uh, these NFTs, because that would be a much more accurate way. That's gonna of, be a fun uh, chart. <laughs> Uh, it would just be down. Like, I mean, that's, that's going to make us feel real stupid. You know what I mean? Like, cause day, like, you know, d even three weeks into other deed, I think the USD amount would be like a lot, you know? Yeah, it was insane. I mean, what was the, what was the floor on other deed when, when it launched, it was going for like three ETH, right? No, it was higher. Like pre-reveal. It was going yeah. for like five or six. Pre-reveal, like no pre-reveal. It got as high as nine. You're kidding. The floor on all other deed land was nine yes. ETH. 
Pre-reveal. Uh, I it thought it got as high as like six, seven, six, eight. If I recall correctly, it was 18K on the day of. Holy cow. Wait, I'm looking wait. at this. Yeah. Average price at the, out the gate, 9.8 ETH. Damn. That's insane. You got to couple that in with like the outliers though. Cause we saw a doom like vortex sell for like a thousand ETH. And then but I'm talking the about pre-reveal. I'm talking about pre-reveal. So we didn't know about doom vortex. Mm. We didn't know about Codas, it was the floor was nine. The mutant land was 14, or maybe it got as high as 18. And then Board Ape land was legit 40. I mean, that's so ludicrous. Well, the, the Ape land pre, uh, pre mint uh, or pre reveal, sorry, pre reveal was so high. And I tried to sell that was one of the most frustrating things. I missed out on a lot of money right there. Um, but, uh, you know, life could be worse. Uh, so anyways, yeah, that, that, that's a, uh, that, that was an insane, uh, scenario. Um, that, that, uh, like I, I'm just shocked. There's no way. Is there any way in hell that it ever gets back to that level? I just see, no. like, there's no way, right? There, there's another hundred thousand hitting the market. Well, forget like that aside. I just don't see like I, it would be tough for the, these things to get as inflated as they were, because our the ecosystem was so teeny tiny. Uh, there were only so many things that you could deploy capital into, and next bull run, like the overall volume will be way higher. In my opinion, I think the overall volume in NFTs or Web three or whatever you want to call it, digital assets, blockchain assets, whatever, digital collectibles, uh, the overall volume will definitely be way higher. But it'll be spread around like so many legit things. There were only X amount of legit things you could even buy over the past year. So all the capital. Capital was so concentrated into that, so I don't think that individual stuff. You know, I don't. I don't know if mutant apes are going to be. Well, I, I could maybe see mutant apes having a six-figure floor at some point in the future. Yeah, if everything goes well and they become like a historical collectible type of thing. Well, definitely. Once uh, I think, like Spencer said, once we're like fifty, I'm fifty. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that's definitely a likely outcome. I, you know, we're now at a point where it's just like. Well, I'm actually wondering, and this is the the thing that I was, uh, or what we were thinking about. There's a couple of unknown variables. You had asked this, but I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what is the next sh major shoe to drop? Um, but the like in terms of in the, this carnage, yeah, exactly. And more importantly, like, are there people who basically had their money in Gemini Earn, don't have access to that, are holding NFTs? And basically, are going to have to like sell all of their NFTs. So, the um, it just to like because they thought that they were in a different financial situation than they now are, and so that's what uh, I'm sort of. I have no idea. I mean, this is pure speculation, but it, it just feels like the NFT space is actually yes, volume is down, but it's just been like surprisingly resilient with a lot of these floors. That said, like the price of an ape has dropped significantly. Um, and so, I mean, that's never, uh, as, as an ape holder, I'm sort of like, okay, um, that's not great. But like it's down to 66,000. It was at 75,000. It was at 100,000 is where it was super strong. Down to 66 is pretty painful. And, and, I, and like the real, I, I wonder like how low is it going to get? 35,000? Is it going to 20,000? 
Like, I, I don't know. It just seems a, a lot of the prices that we were looking at and we felt like, yeah, this makes a ton of sense. We're now looking at being like, yo, that's dumb as shit. <laughs> like it like that. And that price is going to implode. So I'm wondering like, are, and maybe even from the people here, uh, PO, you mentioned the desire to get a punk. What's the price that you would buy a punk at? Would you buy an ape? And what would the price that you would buy that at? I think I'd buy a punk before an ape because Easy has pointed out this whole thesis that mutants have more street cred on NFT Twitter than uh, than bored apes do, and I actually think that's fair because I think that the audience of the the mutant ape people are like younger and cooler in general. A lot of like the OG bored ape guys kind of fit into a certain like kind of uh, box that you could kind of Boomers. put them in. <laughs> They're just not as cool, it feels to me, as the uh, you know the mutants. And I've I've long said that I really like the IP of the mutants. Specifically, one trait uh, is my favorite. Um, and I never s- gonna never gonna tell everyone what it is. That, <laughs> but but anyway, everyone literally knows. But crypto punks give you the most street cred. And if I'm betting on myself as a Twitter uh, builder, I actually think the single smartest investment that I could possibly make is into a crypto punk. I'd love to hear what like Spencer NFT God think about this, especially NFT God actually, as someone that's building a really notable Twitter presence as a mutant holder. And we can wrap the show on this. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, NFT God, what do you think about that? What I'm talking about? Because r- like just, I mean, this is personal, like this is me, but there's like my PFP gives me zero street cred. It's not an NFT. People don't understand the origin of it at all. Um, It's not adding anything. So if I replace that with a punk and then make good content, that feels like a very additive thing that I could do. I don't know. NFT God, what do you think? Then we'll throw a Spencer. It it feels like it would. And I get that a lot. Like people tell me, oh, like you only have an audience because you have a a mutant. But I, I don't know if I buy into that. I, That's I, a ridiculous thing to say. That's preposterous. Like, you, you only have an audience because you have a mutant? That's ridiculous. Right. I had, like, under 300 followers for, like, four months of me tweeting. And, like, so I don't think the mutant does anything. I mean, obviously, it, I think it attracts the eye maybe quicker because you see a lot of, I guess, quote-unquote, you know, big accounts with the mutant uh, I, I'm a big fan of just keep your PFP no matter what it is. Like, I, I, whether it's a mutant, whether it's something people recognize or not, I think you've built your brand off that uh, Pepe. So, like, I, I just I, I don't think there would be much benefit to switching to a mutant. Um, I'm not buying any more mutants or apes. I just think there's too much risk with all the different factors in that ecosystem between ApeCoin, ApeCoin staking, the video game releases, the demos. Uh, it it doesn't seem like a very good bet to me. CryptoPunks, if it gets down to 30 or 40K, I'm going to buy as many as I can. And, and for the record, that's just one. One is as many as I can buy. Uh, but that feels like once it gets to that range, it's a very asymmetric trade, right? Like CryptoPunks, as I've said a million times in the show, like they never have to release anything. They never have to buy, like release utility. So once it gets to 30, 40K, you know that when the bull market comes back, it's going back into that six-figure range because nothing's changed other than the amount of money going in or out. So it feels like a really good asymmetric bet once it gets that range. So I'm happy with it there. Uh, but I, I think Ape's just too much risk for me at the moment with everything they have to execute on. And sorry, I was muted. Very fair take. I want to hear from Spencer, who's had a CryptoPunk and an Ape. It currently has an Ape as his profile picture in the past uh, month. And we'll kind of wrap on this. Spencer, what are you thinking? 
My thesis on this is that I think mutants are like a meme of themselves in that like if you look at of all the sort of like quote unquote blue chip NFTs, I think mutants are just the worst looking by far in the sense of like the traits within the mutant ape collection don't really fit well together. And like the art is like cool and detailed, but it's like like I think the prevalence of people like with big volumes right now with mutants has to do with like the, the feeling of the moment is that we're all just trading shit coins with pictures and everything's a meme. And like, therefore the memeiest of all like PFPs is getting a lot of traction. Um, but I don't like I, when I'm looking at it right now, like I've been buying like what I consider grail board apes because grail board apes are much, much, much cheaper than grail uh, punks right now. Like all of the punks I own are floor punks. And for me, I've always been a fan of like, I'd rather use PFPs that are like grail flexes within their collection than floors of more respected projects but i'm also like totally the opposite of nft god of like and i guess it's been a little while but i used to change my pfp and i'm probably gonna change it soon again too all the time because i think that i don't want to be wedded to my bags and i'm not wedded to my bags and i could sell my pfp at any point like it's (laughs) it's not you know it is what it is right like it it's it's not about emotional attachment to to jpegs but like i think that as we when and if we see a sentiment shift back towards people being excited about having more expensive NFTs versus it being a badge of honor that you bought the cheaper thing because you're probably down less, like that's when we'll see people want to rotate back to apes. We'll see, you know, people who made a lot of money in the last bull run come back and actually be active on Twitter again, whereas a lot of the people who have the nicest PFPs have just totally fucked off. Yeah. I mean, look, what a wild time we're in. I still can't get past like whether, uh, you know, Gemini will just be like, and it's gone. That's been stuck in my head the whole show. It's just like, I would not want to be operating that business right now. Look, ladies and gentlemen, we do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern time each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs. Going to take Thanksgiving off the day after tomorrow, but we will be around tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Yo, I'm Check not going to quit. I'm not taking Thanksgiving off. You boys going to be here. I'm just, uh, actually, I don't know. I probably will. Yeah, check out the nifty.com slash so rare uh, to check out our sponsor, So Rare. If you like NFTs and fantasy sports, So Rare is the platform for you launching a World Cup program. Uh, Mike G can't stop talking about it. Highest fundraising round in the history of Europe. So Rare is a badass organization and it is, you know, the marriage, like I said, of NFTs and fantasy sports. So we will be here tomorrow no matter what happens with prices, no matter who declares bankruptcy. We ain't declaring bankruptcy. We'll be around, baby. We will see you tomorrow.